Well, good morning. As we gather Friday, the 30th week in ordinary time, these two readings today give us such opportunity for study and thought. Paul, in his address to the young church in Philippi, this is the first area, if you will, location in Europe where the gospel is preached in his first missionary journey. And I oftentimes look at scripture with, with uh, such reflection, and I think, you, you know, many of us at times, we want to write a, a thank you card or a gift card or a, a card on an anniversary to a spouse or a loved one, and we sometimes think, I, I just don't know what to say. I don't know what I would write. And, and my self-assessment uh, and my offering to you is to consider, just go to scripture there's things in there you can copy. Just write those down. If you want to attribute them to the original author, go ahead. But can you imagine this? Valentine's Day, you open a card from your spouse and they write, I give thanks to my God at every remembrance of you. Boy, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. Song of Psalms, same thing. You can find some beautiful phrases in there that just inspire you. So never feel as, like, as though you don't know what to say. Praise be to God, as Christians and as Catholics, we can just go to Scripture and find some things. And that's what Paul tells us today to the young church in Philippi. He says it to us as well. I give thanks to my God at every remembrance of you, praying always with you in joy in my every prayer for all of you. What a, what a beautiful introduction to that, that young church he had founded. I hold you in my heart, he continues. You are all partners with me in grace both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. And he's praying for what? He's praying for their, their discernment, he says, and what is of value. That's what he says. I'm praying that your love may increase evermore and more in knowledge and every kind of perception to discern what is of value in our faith, which is what? Which is the knowledge and truth of Jesus Christ and understanding the teachings of our Savior. That's what is of value to us in our Christian walk, and we have so beautifully by the architects of our lectionary have that contrasted with this story from the Gospel of Luke. We're here at the beginning of the 14th chapter, and we're given this narrative from Luke. He says, on a Sabbath day, he went to dine at the home of a leading Pharisee. So we have to pause there for a moment with that statement of fact. On a Sabbath day, he went to dine at the home of one of the leading Pharisees. We know, most especially from Matthew's Gospel, this constant state of antagonism that exists between Jesus and the Pharisees. They are constantly trying to find fault with him because they are rigorists. They are very focused on the external expression of their faith. They have this very long set, as you've heard many times, of rules about, what, about which what defined a faithful Jew and what did not. A faithful Jew does these things or wears these clothes or stands this way or walks this many steps or eats these things. This is what a good Jew does. A bad Jew doesn't do those things or is flexible on some of those things. And so the Pharisees were not so focused on the content of their prayer, but focused on where in the synagogue they were standing when they were praying. That had more importance than the actual content of their heart. And so our Lord is in this constant state of, of challenge with them. But Luke tells us on the Sabbath day, he went to dine at the home of a Pharisee. So even though they exist in this constant state of antagonism, here our Lord accepts the invitation to go to one of their leading homes to enjoy a dinner. 
And coincidentally, there's a man there who is afflicted with dropsy. Some of you know what that is. That's a disease where your body just retains a lot of water. And so you, it's, not, it's not comfortable. It's very difficult. But in front of him, Luke tells us, in front of him there was a man suffering from dropsy. And so here is Jesus invited into this home. He accepts the invitation. We can imagine he anticipates it's going to be somewhat of a setup. And there he is. There's a person suffering from an ailment. And Jesus spoke to the scholars of the law and the Pharisees in reply, obviously pointing to this man who's been positioned in front of him. He asked a question. Is it lawful to cure on the Sabbath or not? Here's a man obviously suffering, who's been brought into this home uh, to be addressed by Jesus. So it, it is a situation that's been created. And our Lord asked them, is it lawful to cure this man on the Sabbath? Because no work is to be done on the Sabbath. That's a law. No work is to be done on the Sabbath. But Luke tells us they kept silent. They kept silent. They didn't have an answer to our Lord's question. They're afraid to answer. They're afraid to answer because they don't know what their peers, who likewise are scholars of the law, are going to think of them if they say, out of compassion, yes, you should cure that man on the Sabbath. He's obviously suffering. But they kept silent. So he took the man, and after he'd healed him, he dismissed the man. So Jesus, in his compassion, has healed this man on the Sabbath, then dismisses the man from that gathering. And so now it's just Jesus and the scholars of the law, the Pharisee and his family are now gathered around the table. And he said to them, who among you, if your son or your ox falls into a cistern, a well, would not immediately pull him out on the Sabbath? He asked them a very easy question. If your son, if your daughter, if your prized animal, your means of providing for yourself were to fall into this well on the Sabbath, would you just leave your child in the well overnight and wait till the next day? Is that what you would do? That's such an easy question. But they're so invested in their externality, they're so invested in their position in the law as, law, as, as legal scholars, they were unable to answer his question. They're so stuck in their self-perception of importance, in their adherence to the externalities, they don't know what to say. They don't know if they would rescue their son or daughter from the well. I suspect they did know. I suspect there's not a one of them that wouldn't go get their son or daughter or ox out of the well on a Sabbath if their, if their loved one had fallen into such peril. There's no question that they would do that. But they're afraid in front of their peers to testify to the truth that's actually in their heart. They're more invested in their externality. And so, Today, perhaps our theme is this, is our great writer, Paul, a great apostle, is expressing in such beautiful words his affection for those who are new into the faith, this young church in Philippi, and how they are growing in their faith and they're discerning what is of value, which is compassion and hope and encouragement and walking in the truth of Christ, those teachings. He says that, I am the fulfillment of the law. All of the law and the prophets are summarized in his life. And likewise, we can take the message from Luke's gospel then that the obvious questions in life, uh, as Christ asks each of us in our own quiet moments in prayer, we can answer in affirmation. Wouldn't we rescue someone in peril if they were in trouble? Wouldn't we offer generosity and kindness to someone if they were in need? 
And shouldn't we be more focused on those things of true value, which is understanding our Lord's teaching, participating in the sacramental graces of the church? Shouldn't we focus on those things and do so with a compassionate heart and be less concerned with some of those pecune things we can find ourselves caught up in when they may not actually advance the cause of faith at all? They may advance ourselves, but they don't advance the cause of, of faith to the greater whole. God bless you.